Hello, everyone. Conversations with Terry Law and Scott Law. We're back. Glad to be here. Dad? Yes, it's good to be back. And uh, we're here to speak into your ears. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully your heart. Yes. We're here sharing the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear. So glad to be here. Uh, We touched last session on Joseph and uh, coat of many colors and being thrown into a pit and being uh, purchased by Potiphar and, and uh, talked about how uh, Joseph felt, found favor in the eyes of all those around him and, and God was with Joseph. Let's uh, read that, uh, that portion of Scripture from Genesis 39 again just to refresh in the mind and memories of those we're talking to today. Genesis 2? Yes. No, Genesis 39, verse 2. Verse 2, yeah. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed in his hand. So Joseph pleased Potiphar and found favor in his sight, and he served him. And his master made him supervisor over his house and he put all that he had in his charge. Okay, there's the phrase, folks, and we're going to sort this out uh, as we walk through the program today. The favor of God shone on Joseph and his boss. Potiphar saw God's favor on him and wanted Joseph to do all of his work because uh, that favor and that grace was there. Then the next reading in 39, later on. Verse 21, I believe. Mm. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and loving kindness and gave him favor in the sight of the warden of the prison. And the warden of the prison committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatsoever was done there, he was in charge of it. And the prison warden paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge, for the Lord was with him and made whatever he did to prosper. For the Lord was with him and made everything he did to prosper. He was favored of God. Uh, That's our theme. We're going to pick it up now. And uh, let's move along in terms of Bible characters. Let me just finish off the Joseph episode by saying that uh, Joseph ended up in jail, uh, lied about by Potiphar's wife. She tried to lead him into sexual sin. He wouldn't do it. And in the process, he ended up in thir- for 13 years in an Egyptian jail. But the presence of God and the favor of God was with him in all those 13 years. And uh, we're following that theme. So, Scott, let's go to the book of Esther now. And let me paint a little bit of, if, if I can, of the picture. Esther is a captive, a Jewish young woman in captive in the land of Babylon. And uh, the king of Babylon has been upset by his wife. His wife's name was Vashti, and she didn't show him the respect he felt that he deserved. And so he made up his mind that he was going to find a new queen to take her place. And so uh, a search went out throughout the entire land of Babylon, looking for women from different racial backgrounds and and all the rest to come together. And the beauties, it was kind of like a a beauty contest. Yeah, that's really what it was. Miss America (laughs) contest, something like that. 
So anyway, in that process, one beautiful Jewish girl was Esther, and they found her, and uh, the main directors of the talent search thought that she was someone very special, so they made sure that she got in the parade before the king. And when King Ahasuerus, I think he's... Yep, his Ahasuerus. Is, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a hard name to pronounce, but when Ahasuerus saw Esther, he loved her. The Bible says she found favor with him. And follow that, Scott, if you would, please. What does the actual Bible verse say? Yeah. Esther 2, 15 says, Now when the turn for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his own daughter, had come to go into the king, she required nothing but what Hegai, the king's attendant, the keeper of the woman, suggested. And Esther won favor in the sight of all who saw her. Wow. That, there it is. That's that word favor again. And Esther won favor in the sight of all who saw her. There it is. Favor and the sight, and mm. the looking on with favor. Exactly. It's got something to do with our eyes. It does. It yeah. does. In verse 17, to add to that, and the king loved Esther more than all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the maidens, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Wow. Just think of that. This is a, a little girl... Um, She's been taken captive from her homeland. She's away from her parents. She's living in a foreign culture. It's the major nation that ruled the world in those days, and she's endeavoring to find her way forward, and yet here she is, and the favor of God is coming upon her, and everyone that looked on her saw the favor of God on her. There's something about favor and eyes, mm. and what our eyes see and what God's eyes see, uh, and that's why the Levitical blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, the Lord be gracious unto you. Dad, let me ask you a question. The way that... Uh that Esther gained favor you know, she, in the sight of the king and all those around her. How do you think God sees us through his eyes? How would you describe that? Well, he, he sees us as cleansed by the blood. He sees us as one with his son. We are heirs together with Jesus, his son. God does not see us with sin. He sees us as redeemed, totally taken care of by uh, his son. And that, you know, we are his children. Uh, he is our father. Um, all of these things have to do with what God sees when he looks at us. So even though we sin, even though we speed or we cheat on our spouse or we shoot someone or we lie or we cheat, mm-hmm. how does God see that? Uh, he sees the sin. It's not that he doesn't see the sin. It's just that he doesn't mark us with the sin because we are his child. And being a child of God, it never goes away. And that's why I'm very strong in my, in my approach to grace. The grace of God is more powerful than most people understand. Mm. And that grace is binding me and holding me to the Lord and to his kingdom. So the blood of Christ, just like the blood over the doors on the Passover, mm-hmm. uh, the death angel yep. passed over. That's what God sees. That's right. We're covered in the blood. 
That's right. It sounds disgusting. Um, but if you read Hebrews, Hebrews talks about if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, God's Son, hmm. continually, the word in the Greek is in the progressive continuous. Yes. Like the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing us from sin. That blood is cleansing you from sin and me from sin. Again as, and as again we, and again. As we talk together on this program right now, that's a real factor, and that's what God sees. So even though what Christ did on the cross was a punctiliar moment, it happened on a defined date and time, mm-hmm. what he did covered everyone's sin mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. currently, and in the future. Right. That's profound. Right. Well, he knows look, what we're going to look, do in the look, future. Right. Look at, look at it this way, Scott. If Jesus didn't die for everybody's sin, everybody, past, present, and future, if he didn't do that, every time a new sin was committed that wasn't covered, he'd have to go and die again for it. Again, continually. And that, that's right. And, and that's not the way it's done. Redemption is complete. And when Jesus died for our sin, he died for all of our sin, past, present, and future. There are some people that try to strain the whole idea of grace and push people to say, well, you don't have to serve God if your future sin is already covered. Why should you have to be faithful and do the right thing? If you understand grace, you don't want to do the wrong. You want to do the right. Correct. And that's what grace directs us to do is to follow God. Mm. That's good stuff, Dad. Mm. And I, I love, you know, this... Uh, this whole idea of favor. And let me bring this into the life of Jesus. Now in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, I think you have a verse there, Scott. You can go ahead and read it. Absolutely. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in stature and years, and in favor with God and man. That's powerful. Jesus increased, let's see, three things. He increased in in. Uh, in uh, wisdom. wisdom, which was, makes sense. He needed to grow and become wise, as all of us need to do. He increased in stature. He grew from a baby to uh, a young stripling to a young man, and then an adult man. He grew in wisdom and in stature. But the real thing we need to look at there is Jesus grew in favor. Now, folk, let me say something here. I was reading this years ago, and I looked at that verse, and I was stunned by it, because basically what it told me is that Jesus increased in grace. He got more grace. Mm -hmm. He got more favor. If Jesus wanted to get more grace and more favor, how about you and me? And I realized that one of the subjects in my life, one of the decisions in my life had to be to pursue grace. And we're going to deal with some of that idea and some of that concept. We can grow in grace. Various verses in the Bible talk to us about growing in grace. Second uh, mm. Peter talks about it. Others talk about it. And our job is to grow in grace. Jesus grew in grace. Uh, that and, and this other word for grace there is favor. Yeah, that's Jesus. something we haven't touched on. Yeah, the interchangeability of those two words. Right, and we can we'll develop that 
in, in the many sessions ahead, but essentially we're using those terms back and forth, grace and favor, and they are interchangeable. They are. They are absolutely interchangeable, both in the New Testament and Old. But there's uh, there's one verse I'd, I'd like to read now that is talking about favor and grace, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. So this is Paul. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. Christ's ambassadors. I remember when I was a kid growing up in church, that's what we called our our youth groups. Oh, yeah? Our CAs, they were called. Christ, Christ ambassadors. ambassadors. <laughs> so we were supposed to grow up being an ambassador for, for the Lord. That's the idea. But we, as Christ's personal representatives, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor. Boy, that's not your, something you play around with, friend. This is not tiddlywinks. This is something about laying hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. Mm. Part of our job listening to these uh, podcasts is laying hold of divine favor. Mm. I I love that. Lay hold on it. Say, I'm going to make it mine. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to believe God for it. And that's when your faith comes in. Your faith has got to, again, like I said last week, for by grace are you saved through faith. Grace brings salvation. Faith receives salvation on our side. Our side is faith. God's side is the grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. So we've got, uh, uh, we talked about Esther and we talked about Jesus. Now let's go to another man who found favor with God. That's Daniel. Go ahead and read his story if you would. Absolutely. Daniel 1.9 says, Now God made Daniel to find favor, compassion, and loving kindness with the chief of the eunuchs. Right, when Daniel was captured and taken from Jerusalem as a teenager and taken down to Babylon, the Bible says that the chief of the eunuchs looked with favor on him. When the favor of God's on you, it doesn't matter who's looking at you. They're going to see that God's smile on you. You ever notice that uh, two different men can look at a woman and one man can think she's beautiful <laughs> and the other doesn't even take a second look? And the old phrase we've used through the years is beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. But the beauty in God's eyes our, our beauty in God's eyes is in the eyes of the beholder. He's seeing that, and he's looking at it this way. I, I want to jump in here and, and talk and tie in beauty, like you just talked about, into sight. Mm-hmm. And I want to share something that Derek Prince wrote in, uh, in his book, By Grace Alone. He said, two Hebrew words are commonly used in the Old Testament, chen and ratzon. They are used more or less interchangeably. Chen means beauty, and ratzon means pleasure. It can mean both favor and beauty. Mm-hmm. The basic meaning of these words in both languages is beauty or attractiveness. We need to bear in mind that grace is always beautiful, and it is always attractive. A person who is in the grace of God is an attractive person. That's the way the uh, early church was. 
people loved the early church because it was moving in such fresh grace. Mm. The Bible says that great grace was upon them in Acts chapter 4. That's exactly right. I was going to read that. Great yeah. grace was upon them. And the beauty of it, or the, the grace, made it beautiful. And uh, people wanted to join the church. They wanted to be a part of them. They wanted the fellowship. They wanted to be Christians simply because grace was drawing them. And they loved the sweetness and the, the, the happiness and the joy of the Christian people. Mm. So grace is the way that God looks at us. He mm-hmm. sees beauty when he sees us, mm-hmm. and he bestows favor on us. Mm-hmm. And in turn, grace is then how we see others as mm-hmm. well. Uh, right. Carrying that torch on, carrying that practice on and read, in our life. Read that verse on Daniel one more time. Daniel one nine. Now God made Daniel to find favor, compassion, and loving kindness with the chief of the eunuchs. Wow. God allowed Daniel to find favor. It's God that allows it. And folks, listen, if God's got a torch shining on you, if God's got a flashlight on you, other people are going to see it. They're going to see your grace shining through the lives of other people. And uh, I want to talk about the fact that you and I can both show the favor and the grace of God and people should be able to see it as we walk and do our jobs uh, day by day on, on the earth. You know, Dad, going back to Jesus, Luke 2.52, and, and Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and grace. Mm-hmm. How do we increase in grace? Well, that's a good question. And uh, for one, one way we increase in grace is to believe. Believe what? Believe that we are to believe that we increase in 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 favor. Uh, for by grace, let me go back. For by grace are you saved through faith. If you don't believe by your faith that you can grow in grace, you're not growing. If I don't believe, I'm not growing. But the fact that I have to believe God for growth in grace releases my faith to receive the grace of God because God's grace is always there. It's always out there for us. But our faith has to tie in with his giving and his gift of grace. Mm. Faith receives the gift. You know, if if you've been around Tulsa at all, you um, have seen uh, pillars of faith in the evangelical community, Brother Hagen and Or Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about, they, they would use a term, building up your faith, mm-hmm. building up your most holy faith. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we could also build up our grace. Oh, of course. And we so can it's grow, a, similar muscle, we can, a similar muscle group. Well, right, and notice all through the Bible, grace is quantified. Oh, ye of little faith, faith and grace, both. Mm-hmm. But uh, if, if we're not manifesting grace, it's obvious but Jesus did that with the disciples. He says to Peter when he began to sink after walking on the water, oh, ye of little faith. Uh, you know, there, there, it comes in different quantities, and grace is very much a thing that we need to grow in. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull some verses on growing in grace out because I think it's, it's a very important question. 
that you've asked right now. After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. What, what's the passage? Uh, and uh, James 4, 6, but he gives more and more grace. James 4, 6. That is. And he gives more and more, more grace. grace. And the way he, he does he resists the proud, but he gives more and more grace to the humble. Wow. The way to get and to grow in God's grace, and we'll get into that in our mm. study, is to humble ourselves. So pride is a stumbling block. It, it is a oh, always. hurdle. Always. To, it's a mountain, really, for, for growing in grace. Here, here's Second Peter 3.18. This is the one I was after. But grow in grace. Grow in grace. Undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ the Messiah. To him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. There it is. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Very much like my wife and I like to grow vegetables, plants, trees. Dad, you've seen a little bit of that in my backyard. Uh-huh. And there are a number of dynamics that, that happen when you plant something. You have to cultivate the ground. You need to feed it. You need to water it. You need to have sunlight for the photosynthesis to take place and for it to grow. It, there's an active engagement. I can't just throw something out and it may or may not grow. But if I want something to grow, I have to be deliberate and I have to fertilize it and I have to water it and I have to till the soil and I have to trim off and prune it. And that's how growth happens. Right. And you're saying the same thing is true of grace. Of grace. Now, now here's another verse. It's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. Why? Why? the throne of God's unmerited favor, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. That's to find grace. There's a throne of grace saying you can get more. Come, come, come to find, find some more. Mm. And that's our encouragement. Here, here's a Second Peter 3, 17, 18. But grow in grace... Undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition, and knowledge, and understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. It's there over and over and over again in verses. For some reason, we never noticed it. I have changed. Instead of just wanting to grow in faith or wanting to grow in uh, love, and you and I talked for a series on hope, Scott, Mm -hmm. and the desire for more hope. Mm Mm-hmm. The passion of your heart and mine has got to be for more grace. The world's desperate for grace. And if we don't bring it to them, they're not going to find it anywhere. But verse after verse, and we'll continue to bring these verses back to you, tell us to grow in grace. Praise the Lord. Dad, that's a good uh, stopping point, I think. Okay. That was wonderful. Growing in grace. It's funny how we start off, we have some plans, and things uh, take a little rabbit trail, but they end up in a beautiful spot. Uh, when they are uh, kind of illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Those listening to us today, are you growing? In, are you engaging? Are you growing in hope? Are you building your faith? Are you building your grace muscles? 
It's an active and engaging part of our faith. Our faith is not passive, it's active. And so our encouragement to you is to grow in grace today. And I, I would say, just as we've been trying to say, God wants to give you favor as he gave favor to Joseph. Not just in order for you to receive that favor, but you must do and believe like Joseph. Joseph had to believe for the favor and the grace that God gave him. Just think of riding a camel uh, with the Ishmaelites on his way from the Middle East down into Egypt, riding on that camel, ending up in a foreign culture. He doesn't, nobody knows him, but Joseph made up his mind. God had given him a dream, and boy, we'll get into that a little more. Wow. Talk about Joseph's dreams. Wow, that's good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, we challenge you again to grow in grace today. Make a choice. Seek the Father and ask Him for grace. His God is a gracious and benevolent Father who wants to help you grow in grace. Grace and peace on you all. Thank you for listening to us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.